I had never stepped into a place more desolate. Yet here I had been bidden to stay. Why didn't she come? Why should she keep me waiting in a spot so uninviting? Impatient by nature, and none too well pleased with my present position, I began pacing the floor. When wearied of that, I sat down and looked at the clock. I wondered if it was as dead as my grandfather. Whether, in fact, it could be made to go. Jumping up, I cast a glance from the window I had managed to open, and seeing nobody in the road, approached the clock with a laugh which, in that dim and stuffy atmosphere, sounded far from cheerful. I had little trouble in setting it going. The key was in its place in the little cubbyhole where the pendulum swung, and soon the silence which I had found so irksome yielded to the steady tick which was one of the strongest memories of my miserable childhood. Tick, tick. What a relief from the monotonous quiet. But I was not satisfied with the suggestion of renewed life. Now that I had started up the clock, the next thing was to set it. Taking out my watch, I found that an hour had passed since I consulted it last at the station. It was now just twenty-three minutes to five. Whether in my abstraction I muttered these figures aloud, I cannot say. Afterwards, I thought I did, but I cannot be sure. That I made no mistake as to the exact minute, I am convinced. Twenty-three minutes to five. Gratified at the success of this piece of boyish folly, I shut the door on the clock and turned back again to the window. The road was still empty. Breaking into a loud whistle, I began pacing to and fro between the window and the table, when my eye suddenly lighted on a wad of paper lying on the table, which had been as bare as my hand a moment before. Lifting it, I opened it out, and saw that it held one line of writing. As I read this line, I vow that I felt the hair stir on my forehead. The words, there were five, were the exact words I had just made use of, if not aloud, then with definite distinctness in my mind. Twenty-three minutes to five. It was, as I have already said, a trivial coincidence, but it was so inexplicable in its precision that I should hardly have been more startled if the haunting sense of my grandfather's vanished presence in this room had suddenly materialized itself into a shadow of his form upon the wall. Indeed, if I had seen an actual hand reaching from nowhere to draw back into the invisible and unknown this slip of paper it had a moment before let fall before my eyes, it would have added but little to the instant's impression of some supernatural presence. Nevertheless, I was man enough to take this scrap of writing— which had not been drawn from my grasp, and carry it outside into the blazing light of the afternoon sun. This only showed it to be as real as it had seemed fantastical. The paper was cream-laid, the writing masculine, my grandfather's no doubt, and the words the precise five I have already repeated, twenty-three minutes to five. As I read them again and again, I could not but ask myself what had happened at the hour thus carefully recorded, or, if coincidences meant anything, what was due to happen in a future yet unread and unthought of. 